Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So let me, hold on. Oh, no. Did I close the thing that had, dang it. Okay, here we go. Nope. Wait. Um... No, <laughs> I had it lost closed. It. Uh, yeah, this is what I happens when you close your tabs. I know. Yeah, I know. Uh, Hoist it on your own petard. My own petard. What's a petard? I don't know. It's something. I'm assuming something on a boat. Hmm. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the Sabrina Ionescu making three-pointers to Sabrina Ionescu continuing to make three-pointers. It's Adam Amwala. Adam, how's it going? Oh, my God. What a performance. All-time, like, men's or women's basketball, all-time best performance? Really good. Really, really good. She shot the absolute crap out of the ball and it was fantastic and was super fun to watch and universally beloved and people were praising her players fans everything it was good to see we'll talk about more WNBA all-star weekend stuff in full court press but let's get ready to talk about that in the teal memorial locker room teal doing great good to hear good to hear always good to hear you know what else is always good to hear i would say uh that we have patrons who give us money we do have patrons. We really appreciate it since the podcast is available for free, but you do give us money in exchange for bonus content and merchandise and stuff, and you continue to support the show. Shout out to everyone who is supporting the show, and shout out to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Savile Tortesta, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them World Champion Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curry won a golf tournament. I would say four, but I mean, there was not a lot of four being said because he's really good at golf. He hit this incredible shot and then like sprinted down the fairway. It was so fun. Mm -hmm. Let's have more of that in all sports. I love it. Anyway, bang. Bang. Hi, Trish. Nicole Arsenault, Stubby Boardman gets paid. Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball, Naked Rachel, and Sidney Crosby is a vampire. Now, you know who else we should get more of? I think our sponsor. We should. You know, we've got our sponsor. I would love to get even more sponsors. Hit us up. But we love the sponsor that we have for this episode, and that sponsor is Shaker and Spoon. If you just want a golf tournament and you want to celebrate and you want to look fancy while you're doing so, you could get a box from Shaker and Spoon. They are a delivery service that sets you up with all of the ingredients and instructions for making fancy cocktails with the same liquor. You can make four servings of three different types of drinks. All you got to do is provide the bottle of booze. They give you everything else and you can make the different drinks. I've done it for a couple of different types of liquor. It's been really nice and fun and it is a cool way to, you know, have people over or bring it to a party or do whatever and it will be much appreciated and then you will have the little recipe card forever so that you can make that drink at other events and everyone will be like, wow, look at you. You're so robust and refined. So if you want to sign up for that and then also get a discount, you can get $20 off your first box if you go to Shaker and and spoon.com slash horse. That's shakerandspoon.com slash horse. And before we move on here, you're now going to hear some other ads. Some of those will be read by us. Others of them will not. The ones that are not read by us are inserted locally, so they might be based on wherever you downloaded this episode. But once those are complete, we will continue this episode of Horse. And we're back. Adam, what do you got going on in your life? 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Well, you know, I'm still doing comedy shows, and uh, I do have some new things to mention to you. So I've already mentioned that I'm going to be in Chattanooga. That's Friday and Saturday, August 18th and 19th. I'm working on setting up a show in Nashville the night before, so that'll be Thursday, August 17th. So I'll keep everybody posted on that. And it's not 100% confirmed yet, but I do believe I will be in Chicago at Zany's Comedy Club on Tuesday, September 19th. Got some other stuff that I'm working on lining up as well, but... Uh, yeah, Nashville and Chicago this month and next. Hopefully, you can check that out at my social media at Adam Amwala or my link tree, which is also it basically type my name into Google and all that stuff will come up. Yeah, you're not going to run into many Adam Amwalas. <laughs> no, you will not. What about you? I will say that now that this episode is coming out on the date that it is, there are some tickets live for some shows that I have mentioned, but that have not been live previously, but now they are. So I believe you can now get tickets to the shows that I'm doing in D.C., Philly, and New York City. D.C. is technically in Vienna, Virginia, but I'm still calling it the D.C. show so that more people think that they are close, but it's apparently just like a suburb of D.C., at least what people yeah. told me. Correct me if I'm wrong. But then also, Philly and New York City, and the New York City one is notable because I believe, I believe, if I can get the scheduling things to work out, you will be the guest at that show. I It'll do be believe for the so. News Olympian, yeah. and I think the stars will align that that will be an episode where we do the movies. You will talk afterwards, but you would be invited to both of these shows if you wanted to. But at the very least, you would, I would guess, unless something came up, you would be at the New York show. Absolutely. So you can get tickets to that, and we will be covering at Both of these shows will be covering the Percy Jackson movies, which are notoriously terrible. Oh, and boy. when I have guests for these, I always have someone who has read the books and watched them and then someone who just watched them because I want to see, like, are these movies actually that bad or are we just all angry that they're not like the books? So you might love it. Who's to say? So you can get tickets to those at my website, shubes, S-E-H-U-B dot E-S slash tour. Cool. Now, with that complete, we can get into NBQ&A. Do we have a question, Adam? We do. We have a cue from our listener, Alex. The subject is NBA versus WNBA. The message is as follows. Hey, Shubes and Adam, hope y'all are doing good. I've been a listener for a couple years now and have to thank you for helping me get into basketball. I've been watching the NBA, Go Grizzlies, and decided to give the WNBA a shot here recently. I've really enjoyed it so far, but I've now thought of a question that I can't find a good answer for. Why are NBA players considered to be worlds better than WNBA players? One comparison I heard was if you took the five best WNBA players and put them against an average NBA team, it would be like the NBA team is playing a good high school varsity team. 
I'm finding that hard to believe and would love to hear your thoughts. Hope to hear this on NBQ&A. Hey, that's happening now. Thank you. All right. Hmm? So uh, we, this is something that we've talked about before, and there's always a lot of slander towards women athletes in general, but particularly, I think, in basketball circles. I think less so now because people realize that it's silly. But do you have a, a response to that? I think the biggest difference is going to be just like the physical difference between your average man in the NBA and your average woman in the WNBA. And I think basketball, more so than some other sports that will have, you know, men's leagues and women's leagues, I think that one, the difference in athleticism is more on display. Whereas like, I don't know, the Women's World Cup is going on right now. And like, I'm not super well-versed in soccer, but like, I still feel like those women are absolutely fantastic. I think in basketball, just because there's so much more of like post moves, physicality, jumping, like, I think those are things where the men's sport just looks different compared to the women's sport. Well, the men BA, as we call it, mm-hmm. is a game that's played above the rim for a lot mm-hmm. of it. The, the women's game is not that way. Yeah. But for me, I've never understood the whole like pitting them against each other for me it's just like two different styles of basketball and I think this even happens I do not like watching college basketball but there are people who like it and I think it's just stylistically different and I think that people can just appreciate basketball that is just played differently it doesn't have to be necessarily the ones better or worse I think the reason people say that the men's games either are, are better in quotation marks or that the teams are made up of better players it's just like they are more just like athletically able to do things that you aren't going to see in the women's game like there's not as many women who dunk there's not as many women who can jump as high as people like John Morant can jump in the league and stuff like that but I don't think it means that it's a worse product I do think it's probably accurate that if you have a WNBA all-star team playing an NBA team that the NBA team would probably do better but it's just a sport where like being larger really benefits you a lot and the men are just like larger because that's just how men and women work. Right. It's even, it's kind of the same, even if you take gender out of it, when people say like, oh, if you put the the championship winning NCAA team, right? If let's say Kentucky wins the national championship and people are like, oh, I wonder if, uh, you know, the Kentucky starting five could hang against the worst NBA team. They definitely couldn't. No. When you're talking about the size and physicality of just anyone who's in the NBA, it, it's going to make a, a huge difference. So yeah, because mm-hmm. of how physical the sport is, like this isn't saying like, hey, let's take the best women's golfer and put her against the best male golfer like it is a game where there is no contact you are essentially playing against someone but you're playing against yourself it's just harder to compare and i think it's right frankly it's like wasted effort to try at a certain point because what are we doing that for exactly and i think a way that you can put it into context is Brittany griner is i think the tallest person in the WNBA. yeah and she's six nine which is like a wing in the NBA. You know, you've got people like Joel Embiid, who are one seven foot two. You have Victor Wembanyama now coming in the league, who's seven foot four. Like, there's certain things where it's just if someone's that much bigger than you, you know, it's just going to be different. So, yeah, I'm very big on WNBA is just different. I have always said, and I post about this a lot on social media on the horse account, it's just like the passing in the WNBA is so crafty. The layups, the spin that they put on the ball to hit the backboard. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it's just a different looking version of basketball. And I think it's so fun. It's just not the same. And that's fine. Right. Like, yeah, they're not jumping as high, but that doesn't make it not as enjoyable. It's just different. So I don't get why it has to be pitted against each other. Can't they just be separate things? And also, if you don't like the other version of basketball, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't particularly like watching college basketball, but I'm not out here anytime someone posts about it being like, you shouldn't be watching it. It's bad. It's like, I just don't like that. So I'm not going to watch. 
watch it. I like the NBA, so I watch it. I like the WBA, so I watch it. Don't yell at people who like something. I don't get it. <laughs> and to that end, I, I think that you could make the argument that there is more skill involved in the women's game in a lot of respects, mm-hmm. because like in the NBA, you can kind of get bailed out by your athleticism. So you right. don't necessarily have to be as crisp with passes or to move the ball around as much to find an open shot if you can just jump over someone. Mm-hmm. Since that isn't the case in the women's game, I think it's a really fun product to watch. I mean, we saw, as we're recording this now, last night, the New York Liberty scored 44 points in the first quarter. Like, just outrageous. Oh, They're nuts. They're really, really good. They're really, really good. So that would be my thing. That's what people say. But I think if someone is saying that the WNBA is not fun, they just haven't watched enough WNBA because it's glorious. It's such a fun time. Yeah. More of that right now. WNBA All-Star Weekend coming up in Full Court Press. Get it like the news. I do. I think we both do. We're going to talk about the WNBA All-Star Weekend because the only other drama that's going on in the NBA right now is mainly centered around the Sixers. And that is what our interview is going to focus on to close out the episode. We have a Sixers fan, Sally Tamarkin, coming on, and she will talk about all things regarding the Sixers and the current dramas and the Joel Embiidness going on and the James Hardenness going on. But let's talk about the WNBA All-Star Weekend, which happened recently, and it was fun. It's a two-day event. And the first, they had the skills challenge and then the three-point contest. So the skills challenge is pretty similar to the NBA one where they have to make a pass through like a ring. You dribble around something. You got to make a mid-range jumper. Then you got to make a three. And then you dribble down and you make a layup on the other end. And the way that they had this set up was that they had teams made up of teammates, which was pretty cool. So there were four teams, the Aces, the Dream, the Liberty, and the Wings all had a team. And there were some really close ones back and forth. The final round was between the Aces team, which was Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum, Chelsea and Kelsey, against Sabrina Ionescu and Courtney Vandersloot. And Gray and Plum ended up winning. They were victorious. They completed the relay in 46 seconds over the other team, which took 58 seconds. So that was fun to watch. But the true star of the first day of festivities was the three-point contest where Sabrina Ionescu scored 37 points, a record, as you mentioned, to win the WNBA three-point contest. For context, the highest possible score is 40, and she got 37 which is, by my math, very good. Did she only miss two, I think? She only missed two total shots. One of them was worth two points because right. it was one of the money balls. And I think it was the far away money ball. Yeah. Or no, it was like, I think she missed like one of her first shots and then one. She missed her first shot and then one other. Yeah, missed her first shot and then one, I think, of the farther away money yeah. balls, which like they have two shots where it's like from far, far back. But if my math is correct, I believe that's 27 three-pointers she attempted. She made 25 of them. That's absurd. Outrageous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I couldn't do that with layups, I don't think. Oh, it would be an interesting experiment to see, like, how far away can I get from the hoop and still go 25 for 27? Because, yeah. Not far. I might biff a layup or two. I miss the trash can sometimes. <laughs> so it was just fantastic. It broke Steph Curry's record, which was 31 points. So quite handedly. And Tyrese Halberton also tied that record last year. And the previous WNBA record was set last year by Ellie Quigley of 30. So just really blowing past the record. And it was just ridiculous. At one point, she made 20 shots in a row. 20 shots in a row. Yeah. Just absurd. And it was really cool to see how excited everyone was about this. The players obviously were super hyped. NBA players were all quote tweeting it saying it was awesome. And in a rare, rare feat that I don't 
ever see. I feel like universally comment sections on posts about it were positive, which is wild. Like ESPN could post anything about the WNBA and people will say misogynistic crap in the Mm -hmm. replies. And I feel like the overwhelming sentiment was this is cool. Which is so refreshing. Right, yeah. Literally, what could you say about it other than that it was just insanely impressive? Super impressive, and I would just say, just watch it. Like, just to see someone do something correctly that is hard to do Mm -hmm. that many times, it's just nice. Just from, like, an artistic perspective. Like, it was art. It was just art. Yeah, (laughs) it's beautiful. (laughs) So that was wonderful. And then the next day, they had the actual All-Star game. The WNBA does something similar to the NBA where they have teams captains based on who gets the most votes and then they draft a team playground style so it's not necessarily a west versus an east thing what was really cool about this is that Brittany Griner was one of the all-stars and she had come back to be in the all-star game and obviously everything she went through with all of the Russia detainment stuff last season was awful and she did end up coming back to the league but at the very end so it was cool for her to be able to participate in this all-star weekend a lot of players really happy for her the crowd went wild it was emotional to have her there and playing in the game And then she played pretty well in the game, too, had 18 points and 13 rebounds, which is pretty solid. And it was, you know, your classic kind of high-scoring all-star game affair. I do feel like the effort level was pretty high from a perspective of it feeling like a game and not just kind of like playground, no one playing defense kind of thing. It was cool to see some legit effort out there. But also everyone was just having a good time, really fun. And Brianna Stewart's team ended up defeating Asia Wilson's team with a score of 143 to 127, which is very, very high scoring, especially for a WNBA game because they usually play shorter quarters as compared to the men BA. Yeah. But it was fun. Some people really balled out. And I was very, very happy because Jewel Lloyd of my beloved Seattle Storm ended up winning the All-Star Game MVP. That was very cool. Jewel had 31 points, six assists, and four rebounds in just 24 minutes. So that was super fun. But a lot of people put up really good performances, and it was just fun. And what was really nice is that they actually gave Jewel Lloyd a proper trophy. I don't know if you saw the thing last year where Kelsey Plum won the MVP of the All-Star Game. And she had this tiny little cup that she could kind of like pinch the handles of. And then her included. Everyone was making fun of the trophy. So the W really stepped up and got a very cool looking trophy for Jewel. And it was nice. It was cool. The jerseys were fun. Like it was a very good All-Star weekend. It being in Las Vegas was fun. There was a lot of hype Mm. around it. So I think it was just really nice. And it it was good for the league to have just like a genuinely very fun All-Star game that I think universally anyone that likes basketball could enjoy. And I think it's just good for the league and fandom and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't know if it overlapped, but it would have been really cool to go out to Vegas for like the WNBA All-Star Weekend and Summer League games. That would be pretty fun. Yeah, I think it was something where like Summer League was the weekend prior Mm. or finished like a couple days prior. So I wonder if part of the hype was just a lot of people sticking around. You know, I'm already in Vegas for some basketball stuff. I might as well stay a couple extra days and get to go to the All-Star. I know that attendance, it was like hard for people to get family and friends in. Kelsey Plum like tweeted at the commissioner of the league basically being like, I don't have enough tickets for my family and friends to see me perform in the skills challenge. What's going on? So, Well, that's good though. I mean, it's good that there's that kind of demand. Right. Like it's a problem, but it's a great problem. Like obviously players should be able to get their loved ones and friends and whoever into the Yeah, but that means that there's demand. So that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure they've had it in New York before, but if they ever have it here again, we should try to Mm -hmm. go if tickets aren't like exorbitant. Yeah, that would be really fun. That'd be really fun. So a very good All-Star Weekend. 
basketball is fun and the league is getting spicy and it is looking like it's going to be just aces versus liberty because those teams are just destroying the league right now. So we will just uh, have to see how the, the second half of the season goes and how the playoffs pan out. We'll continue to talk about it more, especially now that there's like no NBA stuff going on with Summer League over. Yeah. So we are uh, shifting into more WNBA focus here on Horse and I'm excited about it. Going to get my league pass set up and watching and see who is looking spicy as the playoffs come around. It's true. It's true. Well, I mean, what else is there to say? I feel like we've done it. I think we have done it. Now we can cut to our interview with Sally to talk about Sixers things and also just basketball in general. Super fun interview. Really cool, especially if you are someone who got into basketball recently. Even if it was because of this podcast, Sally became a fan of the NBA starting basically their COVID hobby was watching hoops, which is fun, very mm-hmm. cool. And then now they're a very devoted Sixers fan. So that was cool talking to Sally. And that interview will close out the episode. So as promised, we are concluding today's episode with a very fun interview with someone who we have referenced on the show, but now they are on the show themselves. It is Sally Tamarkin, a podcaster, an editor, and a Philly local and a big old Sixers fan. Sally, how's it going? It's going great. I'm so excited to be here to talk about the Sixers, who in this moment I could not have a more ambivalent relationship to. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's funny because I don't know the timing of us asking to have you on and Joel Embiid making his sassy comments. I I feel like we asked you before and then he got on a stage with Maverick Carter everyone's friend who definitely earned his way to his job and wasn't just LeBron's friend Mm -hmm. he and Joel did some interview for something and uh, he said he would love to win a championship in Philly or anywhere dot 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 (laughs) dot 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 (laughs) Joel ambivalent oh very good Mm. that's a viral tweet right there very good yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's a thread for you there yeah, you oh, go gross yeah what, what do we have to call tweets now X's as of today that's an X yeah oh no that's right is that what they're called do we have to call tweets X's? that's what he said uh, we're not we, we have to we have to universally like staple center it and just never refer just, to it yeah. by the new name I think that's yeah. right yeah yeah. Do you guys know the account? I follow them on Instagram, but I'm sure they're on TikTok where the guy NBA paints, I think is what it is. He like makes the logos. Yes. Yes. He did one for Twitter today for oh, X, wow. uh, which I won't oh, spoil it's... because it's definitely worth checking out. <laughs> That's good. We at one point when NBA paint was first coming on, I reached out to them like, hey, do you want to come on horse? I think what you're doing is great. And this was like tiny. And they were like, I want to stay anonymous for now. But if I ever go public, I'll go on the show. And they're still anonymous to this day. So I'm thinking uh, never happened. But but they were at least very nice in the DMs that I had with them. That's very sweet. Have them on with like a, a voice disguise thing like they Ooh. have on like true crime shows. Yeah, yeah, we could do that. Or just like completely like do an interview, turn it into text and then have it be like one of those, you know, like the Apple, like put the entire thing into Siri. And then it would just be like Adam and I talking to Siri. I love that. The only <laughs> thing I want to do is start a threads account called at horse hoops and get it banned so that it's also banned on threads. Ooh. <laughs> Yeah. That's very good. Our desired Twitter handle, at Horse Hoops, is famously, notoriously banned, so we had to add the underscore. Uh, oh, but, interesting. Mm-hmm, okay, yeah, get mm-hmm. banned everywhere. That's a cool... <laughs> and then you can sell merch that says get banned everywhere. Ooh. So I have ooh. a business plan in mind. I think this is good. <laughs> perfect, perfect. We'll talk business later, okay. but for now, let's talk about your beloved Philadelphia 76ers. Before we get into the current rumblings, what was your history of getting into the Sixers, basketball in general, sports fandom, etc.? I had never watched an NBA, a full basketball game until I moved to Philadelphia 
and got really into the Sixers. I grew up like when I was in like middle school was when like Michael Jordan and I want to say Charles Barkley were a big deal and people had like cool gear and people wore like the cool jackets and stuff like that. So I was very familiar with like just the basketball players who were famous enough to be like absolute icons. But I never played basketball, never watched it, not really a sports fan, but I moved to Philly in 2018. And as you may remember, we had a pandemic that started in 2020. Right. <laughs> I've Yeah, I've heard about it. That old chestnut. <laughs> and a lot of people took up baking or like making bread or getting into plants. And I love to watch things on screens. So I was like, maybe I should try getting into. And it's like a very robust city for sports fans. Yeah. But I don't really I'm not into football. Baseball, I find to be fun live, but I'm probably not going to watch it on TV. Basketball, I find super fun. So I just started watching and I became, I have one of those personalities where like, if I get into something a little, I'm like, you know, into it a lot. So I got that. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. It's like, I'm a new, I'm very new to like sports fandom, very new to basketball, very new to all of it, but fully obsessed. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 2020 around that. That's a fun, interesting time to get into the Sixers because you have you have bypassed the struggle of the beginning of the process. Mm -hmm. But you've also found yourself in the struggle of the process not going well. Currently, you missed the uh, the short brief peak where Ben Simmons remembered how to play basketball and Jimmy Butler was also on the team. (laughs) That was a good one year. Yeah, J.J. Redick, that was fun. That was a fun little run. Yeah. I'm sorry that you now have to deal with grumbly, grumpy boys. I know. I only, uh, I feel like a little bit of a poser as a Sixers fan because I haven't like earned my bona fides of like suffering through the process (laughs) and then like the elation of like just like various moments and then the heartbreak of things like the Kawhi shot or the like Ben Simmons you know, Hawks thing. And when I became a fan, I didn't even know who Ben Simmons was. He just was a guy that was not on the team. Living the dream. Living the dream, not knowing who Ben Simmons is, envious. What's amazing about (laughs) Philly, though, is that you go from not knowing who he is to absolutely (laughs) hating him more than you've ever hated a public figure in your life in like a week's (laughs) time. Because, you know, as soon as you start listening to a podcast or even like I remember actually a friend we had some friends over for dinner um, and they were like explaining who Ben Simmons was and I was like man that sounds really complicated and then I got into the team later and I was like oh man what a giant shit show it's been a fun journey even though I'm like very new to fandom Mm -hmm. you did get in at the right time where you are able to cherish Tyrese Maxey for the joy and the wonder that he is I feel a lot of kinship to Maxey because he feels like the Sixers version of Emmanuel quickly on the Knicks just like a fun exciting upbeat dude and even Maxey and quickly are friends which makes the connection fun so you at least have that and it's nice that the Sixers really appreciate him oh god and And that's cool yeah and the fan base is like we totally have that going for us and I feel the same way when I see Emmanuel quickly. I'm like, he's like the Tyrese Maxey of the Knicks. Mm-hmm. He's so good. He's such a delight. He, I was very worried at the height of the NFT nonsense that, cause like Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris, both Sixers. And I think someone else on the team, Seth Curry, Seth Curry. you had three really big NFT dudes all at the same yeah, time. And I was like, if anyone gets Tyrese Maxey, who's really young, famously <laughs> very young, he turned like, tw- I think he's maybe now he's like 22 or something. But at the time Mm -hmm. he was like 20. I was like, if they get this guy into NFTs, I swear (laughs) to God, just protect him at all costs. 
Oh, man. So you had joined the fandom pre-Harden, yes? So then Harden came after. Were you excited when he came along? You've just very largely eye-rolled. That might have even come through in the audio. People <laughs> might have been able something. to hear the eye-roll. <laughs> Goddamn. Is there... How did all that go? I'm going to answer that in a second, but let me ask you guys a question. Is there any player who is equal to James Harden in that the highs are high, but the lows are so unbelievably low. Like, is there a player that encapsulates highs as high as him and lows as low as him? And like, not even like over the course of a career. I mean, like over the course of like, for example, a playoff game series. To game. <laughs> sure. Oh, I'd have to think. I mean, they definitely, they definitely exist. I'm not trying to take a shot at you, but I mean, I think John Starks mm -hmm. is a good example of someone who yeah. like- Yes, that's a really good one. Just in terms of being really streaky, like John Starks, when he was mm -hmm. on- could absolutely dominate mm -hmm. a game. And then famously in game seven of the NBA finals, I think he shot like, you know, 8% from the field and, and essentially cost them the championship. Yeah, you could also have that with J.R. Smith on the Knicks would either make like 10 for 10 threes or he would elbow Jason Terry in the face <laughs> and then we would lose a game. It, like it, things that happen in the same series. Like there are certainly players. Dion Waiters comes to mind, but he has a great quote where Dion Waiters said something to the effect of, I'd rather go 0 for 23 than 0 for 9 because if you only went 0 for 9, that meant you stopped shooting, which is an all-time quote. I kind of respect that, yeah. That's incredible. I respect it too. And recently Dion Waiters, he was on an interview and he said he regrets being not as mature during his time in the league. So, you know, growth for our friend Dion. So hmm. he's he's learning. It's wild that like some of these dudes, you know, they're like 45 and they've been retired for 20 years or whatever, right. or 15 years. Uh -huh. and, that, and then they can like reflect, you know, it's important to remember that a lot of these guys are like incredibly young. Yeah. But to answer your original question, uh, which I didn't mean to derail. No, I love it. Tangents are fun. What was the question? Was it how did I feel? Just hardened. Were you excited when he came yeah, in? Yeah, now yeah. do you hate him like the rest of Philly does? So... At that time, I didn't really know a lot about Harden. I just, I have a really good friend here named Mark who, sorry, Mark, I am exposing your opinion <laughs> on James Harden, but I think you would shout it from the rooftop. So hopefully it's okay. Um, he was like, oh God, this is gonna be a nightmare. He's a playoff choker. Harden's cooked. And I was like, oh man, okay, that's too bad. And then the thing is like Sixers Twitter and Sixers Reddit were very excited about it. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, let's see how this goes. And then his first season was like, had some exciting moments, but was mostly pretty disappointing to me. And then this past season was like enraging. And I finally understand like the like playoff choker allegations and why they're so frustrating. And the reason it's so frustrating is because for me, like, I have so many days that I'm just not good at my job. Like mm -hmm. it happens to us all. I'm, I do not perform at 100% every single day. But I do most of the time try to do well because I know that like other people are like depending on me for work and stuff like that. And it would be sort of right. shitty to like, you know, for to just like not put in any effort and that is the thing that like, you know, I don't like to be one of those people who's like, why don't they try harder? Because there's all this like weird shit that I think people get involved mm -hmm. in. It's like, they make so much money, why don't they try harder? But like, it does, I having said that, <laughs> I do feel like there are times when you watch James Harden and Joel Embiid is also one of these people. And again, like the people, the body language thing gets totally out of hand. Mm. But there are mm -hmm. times when you're watching them and you're like, man, they do kind of look like they would rather be like getting dental work done than like be playing a basketball <laughs> game right now. Right. And, you know, 
I can't really fault people for not putting 100% every day, like, you know, and even like having a bad attitude or whatever, bad attitude, whatever, like you get to do that. You're an adult, have whatever attitude you want. But it also, then when they try to um, kind of be, there was a really good, if you're as angry as I am, a good like blog post on the Right Sturkey Sanchez blog, which is the Right Sturkey Sanchez mm. is a Sixers podcast. It's a great podcast. It's a really good podcast. And they have a, um, like a blog and Mike O'Connor is one of their, one of their writers. And he wrote this thing that was like Daryl Morey, who's the GM of the Sixers, Joel Embiid, James Harden, none of you are that guy. And it was basically explaining like, you can't do what the three of you are doing and then try to be like trolly and try to be cute, like on social media. Like, it's just like a bat, like you pick one, you know what I mean? Like Mm. be like, Mm -hmm. make your team, like play well, seem like you care. Or be a troll and be goofy and like troll the fan base. I just, I don't think that you can like play, seem to not really care and troll. Like that's just like not a good combo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You have to decide to be Kobe or Swaggy P. You cannot be both at the same time. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You have to pick a lane. Yeah. The Harden and Embiid thing, it is difficult. And I think the most prime example, I don't know if we can find a clip of it to link on the episode page at hoardersoups.com, but there is was a play in this past postseason that I was watching where someone missed a shot and there was like a minute and a half left in the game and they were down by five. The Sixers are only losing by five. And both Joel Embiid and James Harden sighed and shrugged their shoulders and then jogged down the court. It is a five-point game and there's a minute and a half left. That is an eternity in basketball. Like you can score so many points. Reggie Miller scored a lot of points. Tracy McGrady scored a lot of points. Like, you know, the whole 15 points in nine seconds or whatever, like, That's not insurmountable. Why are you giving up? And then the other team scored on the other end. Because, of course, you didn't run back and play defense. So, like, I totally understand the frustration thing. It's not just someone being hot and cold. Like, even with J.R. Smith, like, when he would have bad games, it wasn't for a lack of effort. Like, he was trying. He would just be good sometimes and bad sometimes. But, yeah, with some of the James Harden things, it's like, I also agree that saying the whole, like, you don't try hard thing sucks. But, like, it does genuinely look like sometimes he does not care. It really does. And, like, if... He the other thing about him is that like watching him spend like eight seconds dribbling the ball and then try to he was doing this a lot his first season. He would dribble into traffic, get stripped of the ball, not get a foul call and be really pissed about it. And it's like, cool. So you ran down the Mm -hmm. shot clock, you missed and you're not going back on defense because you didn't get the call on your mat. And it's like that shit is just so and that that is him trying. So it's like even when he tries and, you know, sometimes he has these amazing hot streaks. He had two games against the Celtics where he basically we won in the 2023 playoffs. We won those games because of him for sure. But then the rest of the time, it feels like he doesn't show up. And unfortunately, that is a problem that seems really like it, like the well is poisoned in Philly. Like, I, I feel like that is like, you know, that's a thing. Like there are a couple guys who, you know, like Tyrese Maxey is one of them or D'Anthony Melton, who I love, who like mm. you see them like just they're trying, you know, and whereas like James and Joel, like I just they look like they just have decided it's a wrap. And then I know you asked about Harden, not Embiid, but after the Celtics won that series, Joel was like, and again, like, I do not like the thing of like policing the way these athletes behave just because they're public figures. It's like, let's all just like yeah. be cool and let them like be people because they are adult individuals. But like, 
the way he was kind of goofing around like with Jason Tatum after that and joking around, I can't remember what he said in his like media availability after the game, but it was like very like, you know, he, I think, wants to like package it as like him being a troll because that's his thing. But he says stuff that just makes it sound like he it's it's a little bit of like a fuck you to the sorry, I forget if you guys swear. You oh, do. you okay. go for By it, baby. This one's marked E for explicit. Great. Great. Okay. Um I feel like it's like a little bit of a fuck you to the fan base, which in Philly, that's just like I don't know where it would fly, but I know it absolutely does not fly in Philadelphia, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Philly is a very blue collar sort of city and they want their athletes to represent that. Like, not that any fan base is happy when people seem apathetic, but I think particularly a city like that, people do not have a lot of patience for anyone who seems like they're not giving it their full effort. I think that's honestly part of the reason that Philly fans embraced Allen Iverson so much. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he had plenty of games where he didn't shoot very well, but you never felt like he wasn't trying. That's literally what the whole like practice speech is about is him saying like, (laughs) yeah, okay, maybe I don't show up to practice every day, but like, can you honestly watch me play a game and tell me that I'm not giving 110% every single moment I'm out there, like I'm on the floor all the time, like quite literally laying on the floor. (laughs) And those are the kind of people that I think Philly fans really embrace. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is a guy who tried so hard on the court that he had a famous thing where he said, I do not want to practice. And everyone was like, yeah, we still really like you, Alan Iverson. (laughs) Not a very, not like a win of the most like winning record of like an NBA player. And people, not only Mm -hmm. is he like a lot of people's favorite sixer ever like his team is one of the people's favorite sixer squads ever and Mm -hmm. you know like i don't think that you have to i mean you know everyone you know can also totally dismiss everything i'm saying because i've been a fan for like four seconds but like (laughs) i just feel like i would much rather watch someone go over 23 than go over nine which is like it kind of feels like the sixers sometimes decide like eh, what if we just went over nine and then like called it a day yeah the tough thing with joel specifically is that It is hard because the front office has let him down. The whole thing with the process and then the league stepping in and kicking out Daryl Morey and then Brian Colangelo coming in with his big oversized collars and his burner Twitter accounts and actively ruining the process. Like, that was hard. And they made some bad moves where they didn't keep Jimmy Butler, who was Joel Embiid's best friend. Can you believe that? Tobias Harris over me? Tobias Harris over me. The thing is, it was really Ben Simmons over him. Yeah. Which, like, at the time wasn't a ridiculous thing. But there was a small minority of people where they were just like, not I don't even know, like, the percentage. But there was, like, enough rumblings where people were like, but what if Ben Simmons doesn't pan out? And people were like, surely he'll pan out. <laughs> and it just, ugh, it was tough. They were like, one of those two guys needs to have the ball. And it can't be both. So we're going to pick the younger guy. And everyone's like, okay, that makes sense. But then it's like, oh, man. And for vibe purposes, can you imagine Jimmy Butler still being on the Sixers? Like, vibes alone. I feel like that just turns Joel Embiid into a different player. So, like, when Joel Embiid is upset or trolly or whatever directed at the organization, I think it makes more sense. Because, like, I think the Sixers brass has let him down. And he's had to deal with the Ben Simmons thing and like to Joel Embiid's credit even though he would troll people all the time for one full year he dealt with the Ben Simmons being terrible and he just like always was nice about it and everything and then finally got to talk his trash after it resolved so like he's definitely put up with some stuff however like there's a difference between you know being goofy online and goofy in media like it would be different if he was like completely giving it his all on the court and then just like being super goofy but because you have some things where it looks like he might be mailing it in at times. Then anytime you try to be silly and troll, like even recently he trolled something like 
you know, we're in this together forever, three days. And it was because he was getting married Mm -hmm. and everyone was like, what are you doing? Are you like signing a contract extension? Are you requesting a trade? Like what's happening is yeah, all this stuff. It's like that trolling thing will go over better if no one is ever questioning your effort on the court. Totally. I mean, you can't like troll your own fan base when the fan base is feeling the way they are. I mean, so many people, I, there are much more like diehard, hardcore, like Sixers for life people than, than me for sure. And I, those people I heard on podcasts and I saw on Twitter being like, Joel, I can't like defend his MVP. Like, you know, I mean, like people were like, sure, fine. If he, you know, get someone like rebuild around Paul Reed, like whatever, like B-ball Paul. B-ball Paul, I'm, I do have one of his $100 get out the mud sweatshirts and I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, do you not know about this? (laughs) I do not know about B-Ball Paul's get out the mud. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Okay. (laughs) So I hope I have the origins of this right, because I also only learned about it as like after it happened. But apparently like Paul Reed after a bad game tweeted something about like having to get out the mud. And Mm -hmm. it became like a thing that the fan base was obsessed with. And we just talk about like getting out the mud and B-Ball Paul and stuff like that. And um so after he had like another kind of moment where he had a bunch of good game, you know, Doc Rivers, PhD, famously never <laughs> plays young players, like new players. He loves his, yeah. he loves playing the the corpse of Paul Millsap and like the mummified <laughs> remains of DeAndre Jordan when we have these like really good, like young centers he could be playing. He ended up playing Paul Reed for like at gunpoint, I'm sure. And um, he had a bunch of really good games. And Doc Rivers kept saying, um, he said, he said, this isn't the Paul Reed victory tour. Don't get too excited. Like, we're not going to keep playing him, which also became kind of a huge thing. And that's so shitty. Really, really. So like, shitty. don't get too hyped about our young player who has the coolest name in the league. The coolest name in the league <laughs> is full of energy, is absolutely like a nucleus of chaos on the basketball court. Like, Less so this season in a good way, but still. Anyway, so he just, he started to like rise to prominence in the fandom. And so he started making these hoodies, which to his credit are very heavy duty, nice champion hoodies that say uh, out the mud. Um, And he sells them. Wait, this is so good. He sells them. They're $100 each. And when you ask him why, people ask him on Twitter, he's like free shipping. And the way, this is the way you get them though. You DM him on Twitter. Oh and shit, t- that's And you tell him the size and uh color and it's amazing because you'll be like a game will end and it'll be like 45 minutes after a game and he'll like reply to your DM. So you know he was like, you know, getting showered and stuff like that and then so anyway, I do have an out the mud hoodie. That's good. That's really good. The fact that he's just doing it on Twitter DMs like I have to do for my podcast merchandise sometimes, like that's They're just like us. <laughs> He's just, just like, like us. us. Celebrities are just like us. I don't remember why I brought up Paul. Re- oh, builder on Paul Reed. Anyway, yes. I mean, like, <laughs> I thought that, like, with because people, I found myself becoming disillusioned with Joel Embiid much sooner than a lot of other hardcore fans, and so I never expected to happen what did happen, which is after second round loss this year, all these people were like completely over Embiid, which I thought he could like never do any wrong. So I think he's mm-hmm. really like kind of crossed a little bit of a, like a Rubicon with um, this most recent set of things. Yeah. It's going to be tricky. It feels like a thing where he was trying to, you know, make a statement to get the organization to, you know, 
get Harden out of there and make a trade, but it could be perceived as a disservice to the fans, and that's what's hard. It's also wild that basketball, and the NBA specifically, is a sport where, like, part of your job is intentionally gossiping about other people that work for you or your bosses and stuff to, like, try to make things happen. It's, like, part of the job, it's like, well, the team, you know, had to say this nice thing so that this player would be happy, or it's like the player had to make this comment so that the guy would trade people. It's just, like... It's so weird how widely accepted that everyone's just like, yes, gossiping is an official normal part of the NBA. (laughs) It is totally weird. And I always forget that when these dudes, I I think I was listening to like no dunks or something. And one of the guys was pointing out that comment Embiid made about like um, the championship here or elsewhere or anywhere else, whatever he said could very well have been that kind of a thing. Uh, Not a thing to the fan base, but a thing to, you know, the organization to like get their shit together. And I was like, oh yeah, that's true. I respect that. You know, and at a certain point, like I do love gossip and drama and stories, but (laughs) it's so much more fun when they're not about your team. (laughs) Like (laughs) a hundred percent, a hundred percent. That was the biggest thing recently for the Knicks, like the past season, even like, you know, we had basically in the past three years, we had two good years and one bad year. The two good years, it's so much fun because there's nothing to talk about. Like, there's nothing to discuss. And even in a world specifically, I think this happens for all three of our teams, with the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Sixers, ESPN, if they have any opportunity to talk about anything and put any sort of drama about our teams, they will. Like, people were making fun of the Knicks for not winning the Zion draft lottery. Like, we had some (laughs) sort of agency in the ping pong balls. People were like, ha, 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 the Knicks blew it again. It's like, we had no say in this at all. Literally none. We had the highest percentage to do it and we still didn't get it. You cannot, we couldn't have done anything better. We put ourselves in the best position, but people are like, ha ha ha, Nick's you idiots. So yeah, it is a breath of fresh air when it's like, oh wow, I've not heard anyone say anything about my basketball team for the past two months. We must be doing wonderful. Exactly. (laughs) I know. And I just, I haven't had that sweet feeling of relief about my beloved Sixers Mm -hmm. in far too long. Uh, hopefully it will come. Hopefully the joy of just the Sixers playing drama-free basketball will happen. Maybe the season. How are you feeling about Mr. Doc Rivers, PhD, PhD, no longer being the coach of the team? And now you have Nick Nurse. Funny that you went from doctor doctor to nurse. nurse. Right. I know. (laughs) I don't really know. I always felt like I don't know enough about basketball to people are always like, he's a terrible coach. But if you spend time in the subreddit of like any team, I feel like every team thinks their coach is really bad. Everyone thinks their coach is really bad. Everyone thinks their young players are the greatest. And if they just got more minutes, they would be all stars. But their coach, who is an idiot, doesn't play them A hundred percent. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if he's not a good coach. I can do the thing that everyone does, which is they like point out certain things he did that were didn't really make any sense. Um, and he did seem to not like playing young players. He did seem to like these older players that he had a relationship with. The thing that I really, really didn't like about Doc was I thought he was really hostile during his media availability. Mm. Doc definitely had this like hostility to the press for asking questions that seemed pretty reasonable to ask a coach of a sports team after a sports game. (laughs) And that always, I just, I would see like other coaches, for example, like Nick Nurse or trying to think of another coach who I like paid attention to, like Ime Odoka, sorry. Uh, (laughs) This was before. (laughs) 
I would listen to the way they would talk about games and their players and stuff like that in a way that just seemed so much more like how I would want to be spoken to as a member of the press. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm glad to not have to listen to his like weird, obnoxious media availabilities, especially after losing in the playoffs. I mean, another allegation against Doc that I don't know if he'll ever beat is the playoff choking. So yeah. You know, I don't feel that invested in a coach. I, you know, Nick Nurse, I hope that he can do something that like Doc couldn't. I hope that like the thing of like running your players into the ground and playing them for like 59 minutes a game somehow, even though that's not possible, he, <laughs> he found a way to do it to the rafters. I hope he doesn't do that because. Well, Mike and I know a little something about that with uh, Thibodeau. Yeah, you guys know that teams. about Tibbs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Joel Embiid's <laughs> like knees will melt into the wooden floor of the court. If oh, he's a year away that. from pursuing pickleball. There's no question about it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will not stand any pickleball slander because here's uh -oh, why. You're talking to two giant pickleball haters. I know. We are slander tennis boys. This, yeah. so. I know this is an anti-pickleball <laughs> podcast, but I just want to offer an alternate point of view, which is that some of us have never played tennis and we tried to as adults and Due mm. to our athleticism and injury history, mm. it proved okay. too challenging. And so we got into pickleball that, and we uh, were like, valid. racket sport. I've never actually played pickleball other than like hitting it, like volleying. I've never played like a game. But I took tennis lessons last summer and I was like, this is really hard. I can't do this. Bring on the pickle. That's valid. I think everyone should at least, you should have to like try. Like you should have to first <laughs> try the tennis. And if it doesn't work, then you can pickle. But if you go straight to pickle, it's You're, just. Yeah. Okay, well, I just want to make a little dent in the. Uh, <laughs> and the anti pickleball sentiment. That's, that's all fair, I ask. Look, I'm glad. I, you, I think I'm slowly. I more and more people in my life know I'm anti pickleball, and people are trying to like tell me about the good things of it. And you know, I can uh, see other sides of it. Should we make uh, merch that says "What's the deal with pickleball"? Listen, that's not look a bad it's idea. Not it's terrible. not a bad idea. You know, who it's, our bread, it's our bread. It's our bread and butter players. Hey, <laughs> pickle joke. It's all kosher. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's just some just some Vlasic comedy from Sally. Yeah. Oh, oh my god! Wow! Nice, wow! God! Professional really comedian. <laughs> Look at us go. <laughs> so yeah, you don't have to deal with Doc, which is kind of nice. Not only do you not have to listen to his strange actual words that he says in the media availability. You won't have to listen to his strange voice as well. And there was a rumor that ESPN was going to try to bring Doc on to be as part of the new team because mm -hmm. they got rid of Jeff Van Gundy because he makes too much money mm -hmm. and how dare Disney pay humans. <laughs> and they were talking about maybe bringing Doc Rivers. And I was like, Doc Rivers famously has the worst voice ever. Very and you're going to put him in yeah. a position where we only hear his voice for two and a half hours? Yeah. I mean, that's a toughie. Although, you know, there is something to be said for like when someone has kind of, you notice when someone has kind of a, a thing to their voice. So mm. maybe it would be good if, I don't know, I'm trying to talk myself into it. I, I The fact of the matter is like, I don't think I want to hear Doc Rivers in any context, if I'm being honest. <laughs> There's a great clip of Jamie Foxx, who uh, seems to be doing better, by the way. That was a scary thing. But uh, yeah. Jamie Foxx is a great impressionist. And he was on some late night show and did an impression of Doc Rivers, which is like such a specific impression, but it was incredible. Like this was during the, the Clippers era and it was just Jamie Foxx going, it's not on Blake. It's not on Blake. It's on all of us. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually really good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was really solid, Adam. You did you did quite well there as well. You just have to 
feel like you can't breathe as you're talking. That's like the key to a duck rib. That's the key thing. Yeah. It yeah. definitely does look like maybe that's why he's so salty seems, in his media painful. appearances. Because yeah. he's like really, yeah, he's like yelled the whole game and now he has to like sit there and talk more. It could be. I totally agree with you. I, I really, it's one thing if a reporter's like being cheeky or being disrespectful or, or, or also asking something that's like, Hey, you guys played bad. What's up with that? Like, that's not a real question. Yeah. But if you're if you're specifically asking something about the game or about a coaching decision, like that is what that person's job is, is to ask you that. 100%. Yeah, and, and it's not it's not even just the coaches. You'll see some players like our interesting, fun person that we definitely enjoy and we don't hate Kyrie Irving. <laughs> He'll always be things like the media. You're always like writing articles about us. Like, yeah, dude, that is their literal their job. Literal <laughs> job. <laughs> you're always trying to like understand what's going on behind the scenes. Yes, sir. That is how it works. <laughs> That'd be like if the media was like Kyrie Irving just like always playing basketball. He's always so dribbling true. and shooting. Always there with that uh, basketball. Yeah. What's your agenda? <laughs> it's definitely like, you know, like I think that being a public figure, even if you make a huge amount of money, is, it does seem like it's fraught with all kinds of weird garbage nonsense. And that I totally get why people who are really famous um, or even like medium famous get salty or don't really want to engage in a particular moment. But I have to say, like, when it's after a game, like you're saying, Adam, like it's after a game, it's kind of your job. And like, it's kind of the press's job to ask the questions. And so it's just like, you know, not everyone can be Tyrese Maxey, who's like a pure delight. And like in an interview two years ago, sang the you know the song, the Sixer song that plays yeah. at our oh. arena? After One, two, three, One, two, sing three. about oh. it. It's so good. Yeah. And he's, he like <laughs> sang it hands, in an interview. Everybody. One, two, three, he four, five, six. He sang it in an interview. Like, oh, that's great. He sang it. It was so like, in, like everything he does is just like so heartwarming. And, you know, not everyone can be doing that, you know, but it would be, right. it would be cool to just like feel a little bit more like, I mean, you know, and maybe Nick Nurse will bring that. He doesn't seem like he's antagonistic <laughs> towards the media in the same way. So we'll see. Yeah. And to your point earlier, like we all have bad days at our jobs and most of us don't have to be interviewed about it right after. So like, so I do true. appreciate that, you know, when there's a bunch of cameras and microphones in your face and you've just fucked up that it's hard when people are like, hey, you screwed that up pretty bad, huh? But I still think <laughs> so that part true. of the yeah. <laughs> job and part of the responsibility of like making that much money and having that sort of, uh, you know, task assigned to you is that like, you do have to be a professional and try to like, take a breath and uh, just speak to people like human beings. I, I think sometimes you see these interviews and you're like, Jesus, like forgetting even the fact that this person's a journalist, like just don't talk to anyone like that. That's the thing. I mean, that is the thing that always bothered me about watching his media availability was that exact thing. It's like, right. that's so rude. And you know, do you guys remember that Eric Spolstra was kind of rude to, who was it? Someone asked him about- I think it was Ramona, Ramona Shelburne. Shelburne. Um, asked a question about what what was it even about? Was it about Jokic or something? It was something about like making adjustments or something to Jokic. And he got upset because it kind of made it seem like, I don't remember exactly. I think he made like some sort of coaching change or something like that. Oh, it was the thing when in the first game, you know, Jokic had all these assists. And then the second game, they ended up winning because like they just kind of like let 
Jokic try to be like more of the focal point of the offense. And it was this whole thing where like in the days leading up to it, all these people are like, just guard everybody That's else right. and make Jokic do everything himself and he'll get tired out. And Ramona basically suggested that. And he took offense. And I get why he took offense because basically her question was like, yeah, you, why didn't you just do this? Yeah, You know, w- w- was it a big adjustment to just like let him score? And he, yeah, he got upset because he was like, we didn't just let him score. Like there's more thought into it. I felt like her question was like, you could make a good faith reading of it and a bad faith reading of it. Cause I feel like, I feel like the good 100%. faith reading of it is like, this is a thing a lot of people want to know the answer to. Mm-hmm. And he was really rude in the way he answered. And then a couple days later, he apologized. He was like, Look at he that. apologized to her privately and publicly. And he said something like, yeah, like, sorry, my bad. I shouldn't have said that. And it's like, yeah, man, like everyone, these are all just like people. And, you know, you can't, you can be annoyed at a question, of course. And if someone asks a shitty question, you can be like, hey, mm-hmm. that's kind of a shitty question. But he was just so rude. I don't know why I'm out here acting like I need everyone to be polite to each other. Because I, I love being rude and being a shit poster and stuff like that. But I think the thing is, I think just in so many directions and so many facets of the NBA, I feel like people can just be nicer. Like it would be so much more enjoyable if instead of having all of these ESPN shows where it's like, let's be angry about everyone. Mm -hmm. Like what if we were just yelling about how cool everyone was and like how like, what if we were just like screaming about how good Steph Curry is at basketball instead (laughs) of being like, oh, you know, like Draymond Green, like all these things. And I get that like anger drives clicks and clicks drives engagement and capitalism, blah, blah, blah. But But, like, I feel like if everyone just remembered that these are human beings on both sides, because like, yeah, sometimes they're rude to the interviews. Sometimes these interviewers ask awful questions questions to like Adam said before like sometimes people's questions are just Truly. basically well you sucked ass yeah. tonight what happened like I played poorly I'm yeah. sorry mm-hmm. maybe I like didn't sleep well last night I don't know you know I feel like if everyone just remembered that everyone is humans that it, it could all just be more enjoyable overall I could not agree more and <laughs> I think we should just try to be more nice your pitch is like it's time for us to stop being real and start being polite it's like the opposite of the real <laughs> oh world my God. that's so that's oh, so good wow. yeah <laughs> I would watch that I reality like that. show for just sure. people being nice to each other, just no drama, just That's having like every, pleasant, look, pleasant conversations. Everyone loved Ted Lasso season right? one and uh, Great British Bake Off. It's just people being nice. I was gonna say like every English like panel show is just people being really nice to each other and like teasing each <laughs> other, but in a kind way. And it's like it's yes. amazing. Why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. It's really fun. I'm for it. I enjoy the the polite teasing. So I guess just before we wrap things here, to get out of Sixer Town, just in terms of general basketball fandom, are there any things since you have begun following the sport that you've really enjoyed, whether it is overall in the league, specific players, specific teams? Like, are there things outside of just the little Sixers bubble that you are enjoying to watch, enjoying to have in your life now that you care about basketball? I love an on-court interview when a normal-sized reporter is interviewing a basketball player, (laughs) especially if the person is a woman, because then they're usually even shorter. And I just feel like the visual Mm -hmm. is absolutely amazing. And I I love it. They're doing like visual comedy, like they're doing a sight gag and they don't even like realize it. Um, So I absolutely love that. Um, I I do, I love the, the like, you know, any and all teammate things, especially when people, unlike playing each other or like, like friendly rivalries, I think are really great. Mm. I love like, just like, I think I even mentioned this to you before, Mike, like that thing that Grant Williams did when he was like, I'm going to make them both. And then there was like Mm -hmm. a Twitter prompt where someone was like, I think the prompt was like, what's the, like the most memorable time someone tried to flex and it like didn't work. And like Grant Williams, like quote tweeted with his own thing. Like that's funny. mm -hmm. There's an entire, um, 
world that's been like opened up to me like online of just like, you know, all these cool, like, I mean, horse hoops is one, but like spinsters and RIP spinsters, but, uh, what's the other mm-hmm. one? Um, flagrant, like there's just like all these communities and some of them are weird and they suck and they like being toxic and saying, making mm-hmm. weird, like fat jokes about players, which I hate and is like my least favorite thing about mm-hmm. NBA fandom. But then there's all these like cool people who are just like really excited to watch people be like virtuosos or to like watch them try really hard. And that's just, they must not that, be watching the that, Sixers. That's just, they're not. That's I know. <laughs> I was thinking of the Kings. I was like, what? Well, that's a, yeah. that's oh, a really the sweet Kings. story. Oh, it is so, you fun. know, I just, I love that. I'm a sucker for that. And like watching teammates, like, like there was a picture from Joel Embiid's wedding, which Harden did not attend. We should Ooh. say, Ooh. I don't know. I do know the- Joel Embiid. It was a uh, a beach in the uh, in the Hamptons, the Hamptons. little uh, New York beach, beach wedding. wedding, and I was like, me as someone who would love, I like the thought of Joel Embiid being on the team more than I probably will enjoy him being on my beloved New York Knicks. But when he had the wedding in New York, I was like, New York. You That's said. what I was actually going to ask you. I don't. It's not my podcast, <laughs> okay. but I was wondering what you thought <laughs> no, about yeah, yeah. those that, those like intimations. It's one of those things where it's like you just do it. If you get Joel Embiid on the team, you just. Do it if yeah. you can. And I do have a lot of friends, you and one of my buddies, Hal, who's been on the show in the past, who are Sixers fans. Like, when good things happen to the Sixers, I'm very happy and will DM on Twitter. I was very much rooting for them to upset the Celtics, all the sorts of things where I would like to see the Sixers succeed. However, when things went poorly and Harden was being grumpy, I was like, the stars are aligning for Joel Embiid to demand a trade. Because the Knicks are just currently in, we're in the great position of, we are so ready for a grumpy star to demand a trade and say, I want to go to the Knicks. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, you have these players like Damian Lillard is like, I want to go to the Heat. Anthony Davis was like, I want to go to the Lakers. We're right now in the perfect position for someone to go, I want to go to the Knicks and we can make something happen. So it's just one of those like, but who's available? And it's like, well, we can't have a guard because now we have Jalen Brunson who we love. It's like, okay, we need either a wing or a big to force their way here. And then it's just, it's lining up and I wish it was like a different situation, but I'd be down. And then it would be very difficult and frustrating and he would hate the New York media and it would be even worse. But if he played well, it'd be great. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be one of those things where it's either amazing and wonderful or it's terrible and we hate Joel Embiid with all of our fiber. There's nothing in between. There's nothing in between. I do worry. You guys have like immaculate (laughs) vibes right now. I feel like the vibe shift is just, oh Mm -hmm. my God, it's so good. And I worry about that with Mm -hmm. Embiid going to you guys. I just feel like preserve the vibe at all costs. I would have rather have better vibes than a championship for sure. I would Mm -hmm. be fine Mm -hmm. watching a bunch of like, seven seeds but if the vibe was now great. i can tell you're a new fan because uh, <laughs> listen we're, we, I, I don't give a shit about the vibes give me that ring baby <laughs> you guys should have joel Embiid and and take hard yeah <laughs> Whew, I, the bulls are in uh i can't even talk about the bulls it's too upsetting <laughs> they're in basketball purgatory and they have been for like five yeah. years and it's really yeah, frustrating no. damn mm-hmm. yeah the, the worst thing that happened to the bulls was that they were really good after that trade and it just gave them false hope. Yeah. That was the the nail in the Chicago-based coffin. But I don't know. Maybe something will work yeah, out. Something Maybe will something will work out. Sally, before we let you go, uh, do you want to prognosticate? When when are the Sixers going to win a ring? If you had to make a call right now in summer of 2023, give me like a, a year. What do you, do you think it's going to be soon? You think it's going to be, you know, decades from now? Random prediction. Okay. I, when last season started, I was like, not actually not when we started, but a few months into the season, I was like, we're not getting, I don't even know if we're going to like get out of the first round, Never mind the second. And then towards the end of the season, I was like, we have a chance. So I, I want to mm-hmm. say that I go up and down on this. My current mindset 
is, let's see, it's 2023. Get rid of Harden. And Bede's got a couple years. I would say 26. Okay. It's going to be okay. our year. I think we'd all, all right. take that for our teams. Yeah. Yeah. That's not so bad. Mm-hmm. That's going to be our year. I feel good about that. Hold me okay. to it. Well, you heard it here first, folks. 2026, raise the banner. Start stitching it now. And then they can raise it up to the beat of the greatest song in the NBA. <laughs> One, two, three, four, it five, sixers, right. 10, so nine, good. eight, 76 yeah. If I was making like a super team where you just get the best parts of everything, the Sixers post win song is completely untouched. Like, not even just in basketball, in any, in sport. any sport. Like, even as a diehard Yankee fan, like, it is better than New York, New York. I think they only played the Sixers song after they, yeah, after win, they win, right? Yeah. I hate that we play New York, New York after every Yankee game. There's nothing worse than walking out of Yankee Stadium during to a, a loss song. and they're playing <laughs> New York, New York. Like, shut up, Frank. I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I think that the Sixers song it's just so good it's so goofy and just to involve counting to make it work once you, oh it's God, so 70s it's so and it's, yeah, so it's a big like, like schoolhouse rock energy it's very schoolhouse rock oh, vibes yeah. <laughs> and um when you see people start like in the last couple minutes of a game tweeting play the song it's such a delight oh, it's great Love it. hands. yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah if we had some super team where they combined with playing the one two three four five sixer song and then lighting the beam afterwards like oh my god the the vibes you guys have to continue (laughs) with this concept and then pick like the uniforms like yeah oh my gosh yeah i mean and honestly top contender i think benny the bull is probably the best for a mascot but the sixers old one hip-hop the rabbit especially when Allen Iverson's on the team in the early 2000s, like there was nothing better. There was nothing better than a cool hip hop rabbit. Hip hop. <laughs> and uh, there's this other guy. Have you seen the other guy? I, I can do this after. The, who, Gritty? Uh, no, not, not Gritty. He was a Sixers <laughs> mascot who he looks like he's wearing underwear. Um, he And he's like balding. Hold on. Love I love that I for have him. To... Oh, okay. I'm going to have to Google it. I'm forgetting his name right now. Well, there's Franklin the dog, which is, oh. Big Shot? Whoa. Was it Big Shot? Yeah. I don't know Dude, his name, but I see pictures of him. He is weird. He's so weird. He's so incredibly weird. And it was one of the things that made me fall in love with the Sixers as I I started. I was like, this shit is fucking weird. And like Philly is so lovable it, in part because it's like such a fucking weird place. And uh, I just sent you guys in the chat. You can see Big Shot. Yeah, Big Shot. Yeah, Big Shot's weird looking. Big Shot makes Gritty look normal. He totally does. But yeah, but hip hop, (laughs) I mean, it's just a good, he looks like he's kind of wearing underwear or a diaper and he's kind of like balding, which is fine. Like that's a fine thing. You don't usually see it on a mascot. It's so weird. It's so weird. It's very weird. What is even the The concept there? I don't know. He's got big Converse's. Like, was he sponsored by Converse's? The shoe thing is interesting because hip hop specifically wore Allen Iverson's shoes, which oh, I think that's was great. Right. That's yeah. so cool. He specifically wore AI Reebok shoes, which is incredible. And then he had fake muscles to make him ripped and a do rag. Yeah, I, I like that Big Shot is wearing sunglasses despite seemingly having no facial features at all. Yeah, including <laughs> no eyes, eyes no yeah. nose, no mouth, but sunglasses. But the man knows how to accessorize. Sure does. And speaking of Sixers mascots, before they did their new one, which is Franklin the dog, who's fine, just like perfectly yeah. like nothing mascot. When they did it, they had the rebrand and there were rumors, or at least I think they maybe like did focus groups where they were maybe going to make it like a, a fun Ben Franklin, but children were too terrified. So they did not. Yeah. Too much patriotism. It's It's enough. (laughs) That's the, that's the one thing it's like the 76 and the red, white and blue. It's like, Oh God, we get it. It's enough. 
No more. <laughs> the only cool thing is when they have the, I don't know, did they still do this in the playoffs where they have the like, you know, like snake, you know, the liver vote or die or whatever? Like if you can have like one patriotism thing and that's like a cool one. It is. Yeah. I think it's live free or die. Vote or die was Diddy yelling at people about voting. <laughs> Yeah, it's, oh, it's unite or die, okay. and it's something about the thirteen unite colonies. Which I just—I don't know why we have to invoke this. I feel like as a culture, we've like we can just like move past all that. Be like, it happened. We commemorated it, and now we're doing a new thing. But yeah, you know, can you I do, do think like a Ben Franklin bald cap and wig night could be like a fun giveaway? Ooh. Oh, now that now you're talking that I'm yeah, into. That could mm-hmm. be fun. Ben Franklin kite night could be fun. Gill Sixers kite. These are yeah. all so good. There's so many teams that should hire us. We come up with one of these like at least once an episode. Like the fact that Jim Beam has not reached out to the Sacramento Kings yet for Beam team. What are you doing? What What are you you doing? But if you ever go to a Portland Trailblazers game, it is funny because they are always sponsored by like artisan cheese and like IPAs. Like they always have the most Portland sponsors at the games. It's like the halftime show brought to you by Plaid. Like, yeah, dude. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. I love that for them. Well, Sally, thank you so much for joining. This was Wonderful. This is fantastic. Great to get the perspective. Is there anything you want to plug before you go other than people watching Tyrese Maxey play basketball? Um, do that. Watch him also singing the the Sixers oh, song. Yeah, we'll link I'll, to I'll, that. I'll, yeah, I'll send you the link. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Sally T. And oh, I that's right. I do. I have a podcast called Oh, I Like That. And I co-host another podcast called Gee Thanks Just Bought It. And they're both really fun, I think. And you should listen to both of them. Do that. Hell do yeah. that. Well, Sally... Thank you so much Thank for joining. Thank you. This was an absolute pleasure. I really appreciate you guys. Of course. This is a blast. And we look forward to having you back on in 2026 after the Sixers nice. win. Their live title. from the parade. Oh, live from the parade. <laughs> yeah, Sally on the street. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse Horses, hosted by Adam Amawala and Mike Schuber. Our editor is Kensei Saramaki. The music is by Bettina Gumbamanas. The art is by Alison Wakeman. The website is by Kelly Schuber. And the social media is by both of the Horse Boys. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them, World Champion, Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed. Steph Curry won a golf tournament. Oh! Very nice. <laughs> Hi, Trish. Nicole Arsenault. Stubby Boardman gets paid. Chase Underulo. Mr. Bubbles plays ball. Naked Rachel. And Sydney Crosby is a vampire. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at Horse underscore Hoops because... Horse Hoops was run by that guy who dressed up in pajamas and slept in the front row of the WNBA All-Star Game and then got banned from all NBA games for life. It was like some YouTube prankster Ew. who was trying to like be like, oh, the WNBA is boring. So he like showed up and like brought a pillow and a blanket and they kicked him out and they banned him from any NBA event in the future. So he just can't go to basketball stuff. What cool. a friggin' loser. I didn't see what that. What a dweeb. I hate that. So that guy ran that uh, Twitter account. So That checks it. out. Anyway, go to our website, horsehoops.com, for links to many of the fun things we talked about today, including a mascot that appears to be in underwear and has no facial features, and Sabrina Inescu just absolutely lighting the world on fire in the three-point contest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you want to support the Horse Boys, you can do so at Patreon, patreon.com slash horsehoops. You can also go to our merch site, horsehoops.com slash merch. And that really makes us feel happy if you support us and get some cool stuff in exchange for doing so. One thing we did forget to discuss... Do we have the results of our poll of which team was better? It looked like my team won on Twitter and you... No, no, that's okay. No, I don't think we need to just talk about that. It's fine. I think it looked like my team won on Twitter, but your team won on Instagram. Unless there was some late voting. I actually, I didn't see the final results on Instagram. I couldn't figure out how to see them. Did you see it? When I went 
to vote. Yeah, you can like go into archive. And I think yeah. I went into that. I think you went on Instagram and I went on Twitter. So this is the best case scenario. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So well, I think you ultimately got more votes. Just as a reminder, what was at stake? We had uh, we had been asked, Siobhan Ellsbury, one of our longtime producer level patrons, asked us to kind of draft our own fantasy team out of mm-hmm. everyone in the NBA. And uh, Mike's team was Steph Curry. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Tim Duncan, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Mine was Steve Nash, Kobe, MJ, Chuck, aka Charles Barkley, and Shaquille O'Neal. And I think rightfully people thought your team would, like, I arguably have better players, but in terms of, like, who would be a good, cohesive, five-person team on the floor, I'm all right with taking the L there, so uh, we'll give you that one. (laughs) But anyway, that aside, you can support us at patreon.com slash horsehoops and really appreciate that. But put our hands in the middle and say something on the count of three to close out the episode as we always do. I got something for you. Oh, what do we got? Well, we've come this far. We're over an hour into the episode and we haven't done it yet. So I would love to just do a one, two, three baseball reference. Let's go. Baseball reference on three. I love it. (laughs) One, two, three. Baseball, baseball reference. reference. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, especially on today when we were supposed to finish this recording and go straight to a softball game and our game got canceled because they their team forfeited because they're terrified of us. They're terrified of us. Why wouldn't they be? We rake. We absolutely rake. Yep, we're good. We're good. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.